Hi everyone, I am Bruce Rodriguez. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Trade optimism may have been boosting global markets in recent days, but the U.S. and China are still not completely resolving their concerns over the phase one deal. As Ron Cruz tells us, more economists are also growing alarmed over the impact of the prolonged dispute. Hopes for a breakthrough in the U.S.-China trade deal flourish once again as both countries work to narrow their differences. They have been aiming to close out the so-called Phase 1 trade deal as early as this month. Despite this, several concerns are still surfacing. This time from China, as it demands U.S. President Donald Trump to remove some $125 billion U.S. dollars worth of tariffs imposed back in September. This request was made after Washington earlier pledged to scrap duties scheduled for December 15th. As the protracted trade war remains unresolved, more international organizations reiterate the harm that the dispute brings to the economies of Washington and Beijing. The United Nations says for the first half of 2019, the trade war already reduced U.S. imports of Chinese goods by $35 billion. It also drove up prices for American consumers. Among the hardest-hit sectors by U.S. tariffs, Chinese imports of office machinery and communication equipment. If tariffs are perceived as permanent, the firms may say, okay, five years from now, I'm still going to face this tariff. Maybe the U.S. market is not uh, a profitable bar market for, for me anymore. So as long as there is some hope or some incentive for tariffs to be re re reduced, I think China losses will be temporary as well as other people gains will be, other countries gain will be temporary. But if, uh, if the trade war, uh, the, the longer the trade war goes, the more likely that those uh, losses and gains will be permanent. Despite the U.S. tariffs and the Chinese trade losses that ensued, the U.N. still notes the competitiveness of Chinese firms since they maintain 75 percent of U.S. exports. The U.S.-China trade war has been going on for over a year now. It's being blamed for roiling financial markets and disrupting global supply chains. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Here at home, Philippine shares reversed all of Tuesday's gains, underperforming the rest of Asia. This as investors brace for the country's third quarter GDP print due out Thursday. Michelle Long reports. Philippine shares fell back to earth on Wednesday, wiping out everything it gained on Tuesday and more. It appears the euphoria over October inflation has eased, and investors are now bracing for third quarter GDP print out on Thursday. Everyone's expecting that it's going to be in line. Um, I think there are no surprises anymore with this market. Um, the, the, the economic numbers are just humming along as expected. Um, I think uh, it's prime time for fund managers, local and foreign, to start uh, putting in money, putting uh, the most of their cash to work again into the local market. For the day, the PSE index dropped by 2.3% back to the 8,000 level. We could see the market establishing a base of 8,000. Um, that can be supported by a good, uh, say, GDP number uh, tomorrow. 
the consensus is a 6%. I'd be happy to see 5.8, even if the consensus is a 6% for the third quarter. Mm -hmm. So 5.8 will enable companies to grow at the pace that they are currently growing. Uh, we always look at the uh, historical growth rate of companies and whether this will sustain. We've seen companies growing at a rate of almost 10% in terms of operating income in the last five years, 15% uh, in the last 10 years. means growth of the index is very attractive, uh, especially today or at a time where the index has not really moved. Uh, at the pace at which uh, earnings have grown in recent years. Investors also digesting today a mixed bag of third quarter earnings from conglomerates like the SM Group, Apoitis Equity Ventures, and Mani Pangilinan's Metro Pacific Investments. SM Investments posted robust earnings for the first nine months of the year, citing the notable performance of its banking and property units, which accounts for 44% and 39% of the group's earnings, respectively. SM Retail, which includes SM Markets and the SM Store, however, was flat due to the effect of the shift to a different financial reporting standard. The group's total assets also increasing by 7% to at 1.1 trillion pesos. And Aboitis Equity Ventures' bottom line slipped by 6% to 6.8 billion pesos. But without the one-offs like Forex losses, it would be down by just 2%. This brings profit for the first nine months of the year to nearly 16 billion pesos. It was the power unit, Aboitis Power, which accounts for 60% of the parent's bottom line that dragged, overshadowing the strong performance of its other units like banking, real estate, and infrastructure. Aboitis Power cited higher volumes and cost of purchase power, lower spot market revenues, and lower plant availability. Metro Pacific, meanwhile, posted a 6% slump in its nine-month profit as revenue also fell. The group says improvement in operating results were reduced by higher interest costs, which will eventually be ameliorated, benefiting from the recent capital injection into its hospital unit. It expects full-year core income to be moderately ahead of 2018. It adds, while addressing the water supply issue for Maynilad may take time, it's seeing progress in the resolution of its long-pending tariff issues in the tollways business. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Metro Pacific Investments, a major player in the Philippine infrastructure sector, welcomes the Duterte administration's change of heart on public-private partnership projects. This comes as government approves an expanded list of flagship infrastructure projects, which includes several PPPs. More in this report. A bigger role awaits the private sector in the Philippines' multi-billion dollar infrastructure program. The country's cabinet-level investment coordination committee and the Committee on Infrastructure approved an expanded list of flagship infrastructure projects. From 75, the debt administration now has 100 flagship projects. And out of that 100, 26 will be implemented through the public-private partnership route, giving local companies more opportunities to participate in the infrastructure program. One major player in the local infrastructure scene, Metro Pacific Investments, welcomes this. But the company's chairman, Manny Pangalinan, says they have yet to be approached by government officials on what projects can they do together. We only have heard from, the, from certain media reports, right, that Secretary Kenneth Pernia was quoted as the government being more predisposed to, to, to a real or 100% PPP. Uh, so, but no, uh, we, they haven't contacted us. 
As for Rodrigo Franco, the president of the group's toll road unit, Metro Pacific Tollways, he shares they already had informal talks with some government officials. We were discussing with them a couple of uh, projects that may, that may benefit from a flagship category. But still in the preliminary Of course, the, the main benefit that we see is the government is pushing very hard to finish the projects as soon as possible. The 100 flagship projects cost approximately 4.2 trillion pesos or over $82 billion, over half of the total cost of the administration's Build, Build, Build program. The projects would cover five categories with transport and mobility as a top priority. The other four are power, water, information and communications technology, and urban development and renewal. While government doesn't expect to finish all the projects within the president's term, which ends in 2022, it still aims to begin construction for all the flagship projects in the next two and a half years. The bigger role of PPPs in the infrastructure program is a deviation from government's earlier strategy of relying more on official development assistance, loans and grants, as well as the national budget. Economic managers have explained they have now found a more efficient and fairer way of implementing PPPs. But for Pangilinan, that remains to be seen. The spike in Philippine offshore gaming operators in Metro Manila among the contributing factors in the rising demand for water in the country's capital. That is according to Metro Pacific Investments Corporation Chairman Manny Pangilinan. MPIC, which owns a local water concessionaire Mainilad, is also ramping up efforts to mitigate the impact of the water supply shortage in the metro. The utility firm says it is investing some 2 billion pesos to optimize its water treatment plants, activate more deep wells, further reduce non-revenue water, and finish new dams. It is also set to build a third water facility in the Laguna Lake. These are being um, in, uh, put into action and the added to this is that we will start constructing our third plant in Putat in the Laguna Lake top an additional 150 MLD. Out of Laguna Lake we've gotten approval from MWSS to build our third plant out of Laguna Lake. After this is completed in two years, uh, our capacity out of Laguna Lake will be 450. And that is Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive contents of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us.